of us want more accountability and transparency in the economic system, in our government in general, and in who's spending big money to influence our elections. There are too many ways that allow millions of dollars to be spent to secretly influence public opinion, voting, and our democratic process. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome into our podcast. Today, Cindy and I are going to talk about what dark money is. You've probably heard the term on cable news or seen it in social media, but like us, you may not have a really clear idea of what it is or what's so dark about it but you know it's something bad. (laughs) Right, Julie, it is bad, and it fuels some bad behavior. We're going to try to explain some of these bad things, like how hiding money in plain sight is happening. Also, how our elections are being influenced by big money. So dark money is money spent to influence political outcomes through things like supporting specific candidates or influencing voter opinions or turnout where the source of the money is not disclosed. It's not completely unknown, but the source's true identity is hidden. First, let's explain the two main types of money that are used to influence elections. There's hard money or the traditional political spending and soft money or outside political spending. So hard money is not dark money. Its spending limits are kind of limited and relatively transparent. We know where hard money comes from and what it's being used for with groups like candidate committees, political parties, traditional political action committees, PACs. PACs are created to raise and spend money to support or to defeat candidates. With hard money spending, donors have to be disclosed and there are limits to the amount that can be contributed and the organizations that can work together to coordinate to help get a candidate elected. So that's not dark money. Now I feel like we need some dark music <laughs> because when we talk about soft money or outside independent spending, it can be dark money. It's political spending made by organizations and individuals other than the candidates, campaigns, or traditional PACs. Some outside groups have to disclose who their donations are from, but others don't. The non-disclosing organizations are considered the dark money groups. They're considered dark money because we can't find out who they are, who donated the money, who's supporting the candidate. It could be from anywhere in the country and anywhere in the world. Yeah, a lot of dark money is political spending by certain types of nonprofit organizations that aren't required to disclose their donors. They're allowed to accept unlimited amounts of money from people, from unions, corporations, any of them, which can be used to fund elections and perform direct political activities like buying advertising to advocate for or against a candidate 
or a political issue or for canvassing or running phone banks without voters, us, knowing where the money came from. That is a scary fact. But the truth is millions of dark money dollars are spent to influence presidential elections alone. And there are different types of nonprofits that can influence elections with dark money. The usual type, the 501c3s can't. 501c3 nonprofits operate for religious, charitable, scientific, or educational purposes. They're not allowed to engage in political activities either directly or indirectly. Some voter registration activities are allowed, but they're not even supposed to endorse or rate candidates. Donations to these organizations are tax deductible as charitable donations. And so their information is public. They're required to disclose the information on their IRS Form 990 to anyone who wants the information. But there are a number of types of 501C organizations that are not required to publicly disclose the identity of donors or sources of money. Some do it anyway, voluntarily. And of course, there are others who don't. What's tricky is that political nonprofits are allowed to do varying amounts of political activity. And because they're not technically political organizations, they do not have to disclose who their donors are to the public. These groups, like super PACs, cannot coordinate spending with political parties or candidates. And so they're allowed to raise unlimited amounts of money. And we don't have any idea who's donating that money. So other nonprofits, such as 501c4s, which are advocacy and social welfare organizations like Planned Parenthood and the NRA, or 501c5s, which are labor and agricultural organizations generally funded by union dues like the AFL-CIO, or 501c6s, which are business leagues and trade organizations like the Chamber of Commerce or bank associations, all of these can engage in political campaigns as long as that isn't their main activity. Also, as of May 2020, May 2020 people, none of them are required to disclose the names of their donors to the IRS when they file their Form 990 returns. First of all, it's just amazing how many 501c numbers there are. I, didn't I know. <laughs> I never realized that either. Yeah. So the fact that they're not required to disclose the names of their donors to the IRS means the public, of course, doesn't know who they are either. And in addition to that, the IRS has never defined what main or primary activity actually even means. Yeah. The de facto rule is 49.9%, which is obviously just under 50% of overall expenditures do not have to be for the primary activity of this organization. And the other 50.1% has to be to promote social welfare. Donations to any of these are not tax deductible as a charitable organization, but they can often be deducted as business expenses. So yeah, as long as over half of what they do just over. promotes social welfare, it counts as <laughs> their primary activity. Exactly. Wow. So the 501c4 groups are the most common dark money groups, even though they can't be organized for profit and have to operate exclusively, and by exclusively, that seems to be 50.1%, to promote the public welfare. 
Again, that's their primary activity. None of these politically active nonprofits have a legal obligation to disclose their donors, even if they use their money to influence elections. How can that be okay? That feels very unethical, but that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. All of the 501c nonprofits do still have to disclose the amounts of significant donations to the IRS and share them with public upon request. And they're required to keep records of names and addresses. They just don't have to share them. And as we'll soon see, some of them are covers for people anyway. They're not even actually the people who are donating directly. These types of nonprofit organizations can legally spend big money to support or oppose candidates without our knowing the identity of the major backer or backers. And the thing is, we know through polls and research, most of us want more accountability and transparency in the economic system, in our government in general, and in who's spending big money to influence our elections. There are too many ways that allow millions of dollars to be spent to secretly influence public opinion, voting, and our democratic process. Yep. And when TV, social media, billboards, mailers, and all sorts of ads are filled with political messages paid for with dark money, we are blocked from using our brains, our critical thinking, our intelligence to consider the credibility or intentions behind the secret senders of those messages. Plus, campaigning politicians make promises to all of us, but the people they keep the promises to are the ones they owe the most money to. In other words, they owe their successful election to. This is at the base of a lot of political corruption. Obviously, this isn't news, but the extent of it is really frightening to think about. And beyond the political corruption that occurs as a result, we are all regularly, every day, influenced by media that is actually secretly funded. It's horrifying. Yeah. And it's an uphill battle to change the way it works. The Supreme Court ruled recently in July 2021 that California cannot force nonprofits to disclose their donors to the state. Foundations also don't have to disclose their donors. Because of the secretive nature of this whole mess, criminal investigations or attempts to collect fair tax money go nowhere. Right. A few states have introduced legislation to close loopholes within their own boundaries. For example, North Dakota voters approved a constitutional amendment in 2018 requiring disclosing the true source of money spent for state elections and laws. And the For the People Act passed by the House of Representatives in March 2021 would increase federal campaign requirements for transparency and close some of the loopholes in current disclosure requirements. But there's no chance that's making it through the Senate right now. Yeah, and in spite of what most people want, there's a push in some states to block public access to even more information. Exactly. Since 2018, at least eight states have enacted laws and continue to introduce legislation to protect the identities of big money donors who use money to buy their political agenda. South Dakota, for one, I have to say for one bad one, it's the latest state to adopt hardcore legal protections that actually prohibit state officials from requiring even politically active nonprofits to disclose any information besides the very basic requirements already in their state law. And 
they're also prohibiting them to try to change the requirements to increase the transparency. So laws protect information about organizations and their donors and block our right to know. Right, those are laws doing that, that are put in place by corrupt politicians. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very, very disheartening topic, Cindy. It's very dark. <laughs> yes, it's dark. We're all at least somewhat aware of the dark money that supports or works to defeat specific candidates and policies or makes our democracy a pay-to-play game. With a new report called the Pandora Papers, we've been given even more of a window into the dark money web. So the Pandora Papers is one of the world's largest ever global journalistic collaborative investigations ever. It's a leak of almost 12 million documents, including almost 3 million images, more than a million emails, and almost half a million spreadsheets. That's a lot of data. Oh, yeah. And it was obtained by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, the ICIJ, in Washington, D.C., from over 600 journalists from 117 countries and 150 media outlets. That is pretty amazing. That's huge. The investigation started with a leak of confidential records and exposes the way powerful politicians, billionaires, and celebrities hid trillions of dollars over 25 years. Many hide their money legally by exploiting loopholes and through fancy accountants, lawyers, and financial managers who specialize in taking care of rich clients by helping them to hide their wealth, avoid taxes, launder money, and do other secret dealings. There are professionals in that world who specifically know how to hide the identities of the rich and famous through things like shell companies, trusts, and foundations in countries that have little or no taxes and don't ask a lot of questions about where money comes from or where it's going. This makes it very hard for regulators or for the public to trace or find out about. Even some major religious leaders, of course, drug dealers, business owners, doctors, and other affluent people have been hiding investments in yachts, jets, mansions, beachfront property, and other assets that are hard to trace. I just have to say, religious leaders, how hypocritical is that? I know. The assets used to hide money, such as real estate and yachts, are hard to trace because they're bought through complicated purchases that are not direct. By moving money between banks and other creative financing moves that, um, you know, is really beyond our capacity to imagine, not to mention even understand. Some of this is legal, although the Pandora Papers also it includes documentation of possible financial crimes like money laundering. The files in the Pandora Papers expose how some of the most powerful people in the world, including more than 330 politicians from 90 countries, use secret offshore and anonymous companies to hide their wealth in what are called tax havens or secrecy jurisdictions. I cannot believe there's places called secrecy jurisdictions. <laughs> Is that a place to go on vacation? In case anyone's interested, all you need to do to hide money offshore is set up a shell company in a country with high levels of secrecy. Shell companies have no staff, no office. They don't really do any business. They don't have any assets. Usually they just hold money and make financial transactions. The big secret in these companies is the identity of the true owner. For a fee, 
a specialist firm will set up and run a shell company, even providing an address and names of paid directors. So there's no trace of whose wealth really funds the business. And it is not illegal to set these up, though the purpose of these companies are often you know, laundering money. So they're often illegal. Yeah, a lot of these companies seem totally legit. For example, it's pretty easy to set up a limited liability company or an LLC. A lot of therapists yeah. make themselves an LLC. I don't think they're hiding money. <laughs> <laughs> Not therapists, mostly. <laughs> In some states, though, you don't even have to give names of members or managers when you set it up. LLCs are a valid type of corporation, but they can easily be used to protect a person or group from tax liabilities or legal risks or to launder money. And they can be used to raise money and help disguise the source of money donated to support a political candidate. Hmm. I didn't realize you could do that with an LLC. Right. But I did know it was so that you could protect yourself from liability if you got sued, which is why some therapists do it. Exactly. Yeah. But that's a legit reason. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here today. (laughs) Interestingly, the investigation reported by the Pandora Papers revealed a system of tax evasion that includes states in the U.S., but doesn't implicate any major U.S. businesses or political figures. Apparently, the U.S. is serving as a tax haven for many people and companies overseas. We have lower tax rates than other developed nations, so a lot of wealthy Americans no longer need to go offshore to other countries to hide their wealth. So it's so interesting that all of that data didn't give up any names of anybody in the U.S. Amazing. And because while we found through the Pandora Papers that the U.S. is a tax haven itself, and it did reveal some of the other countries and businesses, such as a firm in Central America that helps Americans hide their assets when they're facing criminal investigations or lawsuits, but no specific U.S. businesses or CEOs were called out in the leaks because their names were hidden so well. Some states specifically Nevada and South Dakota, were called out for letting their states be tax havens, where foreign nationals can move their money in state-based companies. These two states especially have financial secrecy laws that work even better than some offshore havens, which makes the U.S. one of the largest tax havens in the world. Should we be proud? (laughs) We used to have to go to other countries for that, but not now. Some, you know, corrupt people figured out a way they could make money. Keep it at home. (laughs) Yeah. So even, for example, the King of Jordan was found to own properties in D.C. and California worth over $100 million purchased through secretly owned companies for tax purposes. Wow. Avoiding taxes by taking advantage of loopholes in the law is technically legal because they are loopholes, but it's unethical. There are also a number of legitimate reasons people might hold money in different countries, like protection from criminal attacks or unstable governments. They want to move it out of the country that has the unstable government. But using a network of secret companies to move money around and to move assets around is the perfect way to hide criminal activity. And a lot of criminals do it. (laughs) So the Pandora Papers isn't the first leak of this kind of information, but it is the biggest. And every time these leaks do happen, people get activated to push for more transparency and laws to end tax evasion. But what we also learned through the Pandora papers 
is that a number of the very people we go to to end these types of secretive dealings are actually involved in them. Right. That would be called corrupt politicians, <laughs> just to be clear. And apparently your religious leaders that you go to, I don't know. Yeah, them too. Ask advice and pray with. They have hidden money in <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> it's impossible to say for sure, since this is all secretive and we only know what occasionally leaks out. But ICIJ estimates that the amount of money hidden offshore ranges from $5.6 to $32 trillion. That would add up to hundreds of billions of dollars in lost tax revenue for governments worldwide. Imagine the people we could feed, educate, and take care of with even the share that belongs to the U.S. of that money. That amount of money could save a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. And how does this relate back to dark money? Opaque nonprofits, that means ones that aren't transparent, yeah. and shell companies can give unlimited amounts of money to super PACs, which can raise and spend unlimited amounts of money. They can't give money directly to candidates, so they're exempt from limits on fundraising and spending that regular PACs have to go by. But they can give huge amounts of money to a cause. I don't know, like the NRA or anti-abortion groups. Yep. Or they can use it for their own purposes, like advertisements for big oil or some other thing that we hate. <laughs> Example. Super PACs are legally required to identify all donors to the Federal Election Commission, the FEC, and therefore to the public monthly on election years. So you might think that super PACs are transparent, except that it isn't true when the donor is a shell corporation or a nonprofit that doesn't have to disclose its donors. They can then become dark money outlets because their funding can't be traced back to the original donor. Then there's pop-up super PACs that can also influence an election by forming right before an election and spending large amounts of money to influence the election at the last minute. And the deadline for disclosing their funding sources happens to be after voters go to the polls. Wow, that is sneaky. That is ugly. Transparency is important for trust, but nonprofits don't have to be transparent about everything. And now we know something, although really very little, about how dark money is passed between them and through them. What's that gambling saying? The house always wins. We don't know how they do it, but somehow we're set up to lose. And now we have proof positive that the powerful wealthy hide their money, don't pay their fair share of taxes, if they even pay any at all, which some don't, and they influence elections, which are more and more skewed toward the rich and powerful. And I just wanna say that this is such a huge issue and it keeps getting bigger. And the people who hide their money and manipulate others are really terrible people. They might not think they are, but they are. They could be using their money for good, to heal the world, to save people's lives, to help them, to improve health. Instead, they're greedily hiding it. Who needs all that money anyway? Why are they hiding it? And they're using it in evil ways to force policies that most of the time are terrible for people other than for the very rich. Absolutely right, Julie. And to our listeners, if you're interested in learning more, check out opensecrets.org. 
This is a research and government transparency group that tracks money in politics and its effect on elections and policy. And it explains a lot of this stuff. If you can tolerate more. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care. <laughs>